Welcome to Electric Liberty Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. Dancing under the microphone here, wearing my taxation is death shirt, everybody. Welcome to the show. Brian McWilliams here with Electric Liberty Land, your favorite show. I don't care what other podcasts you listen to. I don't care if you have other favorite shows. This is your favorite show right now, today, at this time. Plug in your ear holes full of good stuff. Um, yeah, wearing my taxation is death shirt for the pod today. You can get that at lionsofliberty.store, guaranteed to start a conversation. And it's kind of funny. This uh, this past weekend, I was invited to speak at the L.A. County Convention for uh, Libertarian Party over at the Reason Foundation, which is a, a fun little space. Got a little hot in the speaking room, I will say that. But I was fired up, man. I was sweating. I was spitting. Spitting liberty. Spitting hot liberty juice. <laughs> Watch out. Splash some people. <laughs> I'm not crushing watermelons. I'm crushing ideas and spitting while I'm doing it. But no, I was over at Reason. And uh, and Angela had invited me, who, by the way, Angela McArdle got reelected as the chair, as the uh, the chair of the L.A. County Party. So that's fantastic and well-deserved. I think pretty much everybody got reelected to their positions, and they're, uh, they're doing a great job. So I was there. Anthony Samaroff was there, of course, my Scottish buddy, who uh, you guys know and love, and I'm going to have on the show probably towards the end of August, we were talking about, to talk about solutions to libertarian issues uh, back when he's home in Scotland after they boot him out of the U.S. So one of the things, this shirt, though, you know, taxation is death. It is a definitely a conversation starter, and it's one of those things where half the time you want to talk about things that just slap people upside the head, right? Taxation is theft I've long railed against because it's one of those things that sounds like it's extreme. It sounds like it's going to wake somebody up. It sounds like it's going to say, oh, you're right. I'm being stolen from. But most people have a built-in defense. Most people have a way to excuse their paying taxes because it's a pain in the ass to fight against paying taxes, right? So you got to find some nuanced ways to talk about these things. And one of the ways we found the most effective ways to talk about taxation literally being death. If you're against the death penalty, Taxation is death. If you're a religious person, your taxes are going to fund death. This ties into a, the talk I did at actually the convention, um, and which I did a few episodes ago. This nugget of wisdom, which I thought about a few weeks ago, and I'm developing as I go along here. But the concept of your, not the, talking things as though they are not monoliths, the monolith of the Fed, the monolith of the war state. We need to start making these things personal. We need to find ways which we can reach people. And on the personal level, impact them and how they view liberty and how they view the system we're living in. So taxation is death. If you're a good Christian, you are now paying to murder people. That's just a fact. You're paying to put them to death by by uh, injection, by the electric chair, by dropping bombs, by sending our own kids off to die. Your money is funding death. How can you deal with that on a personal level? Anyway, check out this shirt, lionsofliberty.store. Now, of course, you could get 20% off of your t-shirt orders or anything at just joining our Patreon. And by the way, look at this. I'm going to use my technological amazingness here with my StreamYard to share the screen here. I'm going to show you exactly Lions of Liberty on Patreon. I've been pumping out a shit ton of content, guys. Good morning, fuckhead. See, $5, $10, $15 a month and up. We've got up to six levels here. 
$50, you actually get to pick a show, produce a show yourself. $100, you get to have an ad run for your podcast, for your company, whatever you want to do there. We got a lot of level, guys. $25, you get to influence the show. We do a monthly call. And we've been doing a lot of workshopping. I thought today that I'd come up with a new title for the podcast, uh, Moving On From Electric Liberty Land. Turns out somebody already got it. But still, this is things we talk about with our pride group. But check all this content out, guys. Good morning, fuckheads. I put these out every single weekday morning for you guys. Today's episode was called Good Morning, Fuckheads 70, Democratic Snakes on a Plane, talking about the Democrats fleeing Texas in order to stop a vote on voter laws. We just started, Dan Smots and I, from The System is Down, doing our Rick and Morty recaps. We have just done uh, the second one, just came out. We're going to be doing the third and fourth episodes coming up this week. And of course, if you heard on Monday... Buck Johnson over at Counterflow, he was on probably one of the drunkest shows we've ever done in our entire lives. Now, you heard on Monday's podcast, you heard about an hour and a half. I think that was about it. Maybe not even. It was three hours and 20 minutes. So you, by joining our Patreon for as little as $5, who among you doesn't have five goddamn dollars lying around to support one of your favorite podcasts? A podcast has been around shouting about liberty forever. You are going to get two hours <laughs> uncensored of me and Buck and Mark and Odie going at it and me and Buck uh, getting into what we're going to be debating about later on, which I'll, I'll let that simmer. I'm not going to tell you what it was. You have to pay. Join the podcast, Patreon feed, patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. And uh, you can hear all that. So anyway, it's that. Degenerate Gamblers is going to be coming back, our gambling show. That's coming along with football season. And of course, do nothing, man. Guys, I've been delaying because Roger Paxton, the great Roger Paxton of Lava Flow, is supposed to be doing the narration. He's fucking ghosting me. He said he's going to do it. He's ghosting me. I don't want to throw Roger under the bus here, but he is ghosting me on uh, on this narration. So uh, I may just suck it up and do it. And um, even though it's going to be uh, disappointing not to have him narrating the thing, but I guarantee that's going to be out very soon because I'm itching. It's done. I want to finish it up. It's, uh, it's weighing on my psyche and my soul. Anyway. Uh, welcome to Electric Liberty Land, episode number 237. And, you know, welcome, my my countrymen. Welcome, lovers, fighters, Cubans. Hopefully there are some Cubans able to get internet access to watch this show because, as we found out, the great myth of the Cuban healthcare system, the great myth of Cubans having wonderful services, all the food, all the all the provisions they could need in Cuba is coming down around our ears and falling down around the ears of the commies who loudly on Twitter will protest that Cuba is a utopia, right? We have been told by the left, the socialists, the communists, we've been told for decades now that Cuba is only, only demonized because of our mainstream media and our political systems that our politicos want to find an enemy to demonize, right? To say, look how bad they are, these Cubans. They can't, they, they can't survive under this system, right? It's just, you have to believe in us. You're real political uh, ideologues. So while they, of course, are enticed to do that, while they're enticed to support and prop up their own corrupt political system, and yes, we live in a corrupt political system. I think everything we've seen happen over the past year uh, has really driven that home if you didn't already believe it, if you'd already take that red pill. But yeah, it makes sense that they would use that tact, right? Especially when we know that Cuba does not tolerate dissent very well, 
right? You can find yourself whisked away, black bagged in the night to a prison cell um, and never heard from again, right? And we don't, they don't have the protections that we have here. They don't necessarily have the right to the trial. They don't necessarily have people that have money or funds to fight a system that can just black bag you and take you away. If you don't have political power, if you don't have some level of influence in that society, goodbye and good luck. But the other thing is that the government also controls the internet access in Cuba. So just like I oppose the government getting too involved with internet here and trying to make it into a public good, a public service, much like they did with telephone lines, they're trying to make that into a public utility. I object that because what we see in Cuba is when the government has a public utility and that public utility is used for literally Every sort of communication now, because nobody's got landlines, nobody's got uh, their their uh, <laughs> the old beep, beep 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 Morse code machines set up. You know the telegrams aren't set up anymore. My carrier pigeon fleet has long been docked, moored, just sitting there fucking in a pen, getting fat and lazy. What are you going to do when the government turns off your internet? What are you going to do when your internet runs through government hubs all the time? Who can now censor you? Who can now turn off your specific internet? Who can now deny you access to news, to uh, to email, outbound, inbound, whatever it might be? So now we're seeing, finally, all right, finally, this charade, this veil of utopia has dropped down. We were told and echoed just recently Jeffrey Tucker had just tweeted out uh, hilariously a New York Times article. He said, hey, get it while it's hot before they take it down or change it. Jeffrey Tucker tweeted this article up from the New York Times talking about how amazing Cuba's homemade vaccine program was. Oh, my goodness. It's wonderful. 70% of the population is vaccinated. All this bullshit. Bullshit. Because the New York Times, as a leftist organization, does not want to question or learn the reality of a situation. They're more than happy with their socialist leanings to lean into Cuba and this amazing socialist utopia creating their own vaccine. This tiny country somehow created their own wonderful vaccine, but sponsored by the government. And that wonderful vaccine by the government apparently was just really revolutionizing healthcare in the country. And this is on top of the socialists telling us that Cuba had one of the most desirable healthcare systems in the world, that all the pictures that we saw were fake, that we didn't see people waiting in hospital wings, bleeding out. We didn't see pregnant women giving birth on the floor. We didn't see people waiting with gangrene setting into their broken limbs because it's a broken healthcare system, this socialist healthcare system, this purely government-run system. We were told that that was a lie and that Cuba's got beautiful facilities and Cuba is, if anything, a destination for people. Americans would come to Cuba because they want to get better healthcare for free. Well, now we're seeing people riding in the streets. We're seeing finally them standing up and saying, and this is what every article I have read is reporting. They're saying, we are not afraid. And that's a key phrase. That really tells you a lot of what you need to know about what's going on in Cuba. Because like we said, even though it's not the Castros in charge anymore, the current president came from that tree, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He came from that exact same tree, passed down, learned from the Castros, learned from the uh, the diktat that was in place, learned their methods, learned their, their ways of operating, learned that regime, and realized how easy it is to subjugate that population. Miguel Diaz-Canel, that is the current president. But protesters took to the streets in Havana by the thousands 
and said that they will not take it anymore, that they want to change, that they're over this dictatorship, that they reject the system of communism that has been in there. The same system that the people here will tell you is so flawless. They reject it because their healthcare system is fully broken, that they can't get vaccines. They can't get basic necessities, basic medical care, that people are dying by the hundreds. They had 7,000 new cases and, you know, 100 new deaths. And this is on top of all the deaths that they already had. That this vaccine fantasy that the U.S. media has been covering and has been sold is a complete and utter creation from the state. It is non-existent. It doesn't work. Not only that, they don't have basic necessities. They don't have food. They are starving. It is so gratifying, yet horrifying, to see this finally come out, to see these people finally rise up and say, we are not afraid. But... Think about what it takes to get to that point. And this is why I make the argument that United States citizens are rarely going to rise up in this manner because we still have it too good. Now, that may go haywire with inflation coming together, with everything that's happening over the past year with the pandemic, with shutdowns, with government lockdowns, with government spying, with people being forced out of their business, their businesses to close, and the supply chain issues that are coming that are already here, as a matter of fact. With the price inflations hitting people, maybe we'll get there the next six months. But for now, we have it too good. We're not feeling a lot of these effects. The Cubans, to get to this point where they say, I don't care anymore. My people are dying. My family is dying. I don't have enough to eat. I've been under this system, this non-functioning system for so long. It has destroyed me and my family and my livelihood. I can't take it anymore. I'm no longer afraid. When you are no longer afraid of being black bagged, taken away, arrested, beaten, tortured by your government, you have lost everything. You know, it's like that old fight club saying, what is it? Uh, You know, you have to get to the bottom before you can climb back up to the top, something along those lines. You know, you have to lose everything before you can gain anything. Something along those lines. I can't remember exactly. Paraphrasing here. But I feel for the people of Cuba, and I can't imagine what they must have gone to to get to this point. But it is absolutely refreshing to see it. And the comedic side of this, right? I know, I know, Brian, you're slaying us with this horrible stories of Cuba. Uh, <laughs> but the funny thing is, the Cuban president now is blaming America, right? Because of course he's blaming America. Because naturally, everybody has to have somebody to hate. So the Cubans have long used America as this cudgel, right? Just like the North Koreans with their psyops, their domestic propaganda. Cuba does the same thing. Look at that evil America over there. Like it's the same thing with like Iran. Look at those evil Americans over there, those sons of bitches. They don't have it as good as you think they have it. They're evil. They're trying to destroy us, poison our society, right? So, of course, the Cuban president is using that same rhetoric. He's saying that America has poisoned the Cuban culture and that true revolutionaries have to stand up and fight against all of these protesters in the streets. I have to think that even the true revolutionaries at this point have been starving. And if they haven't been starving, just like in Venezuela, if they haven't been starving, it's because they are so politically tied to the government, just like the Venezuelan military was where they took over the water and they took over the food and they took over the bakeries and they told you what you could and couldn't charge. Those military members, their families got fed. That's why they were still with the revolution. In Cuba, I don't know if they have enough, literally, I don't know if they have enough there left to buy off the military, to buy off the quote-unquote revolutionaries, to make that possible. So we'll see. 
Maybe Cuba will be the next, you know, it's like we talk about, go, should we go to New Hampshire? Should we go to Saipan? Like Ben Armani wants to do. Maybe Cuba will actually have a revolution to get back to capitalist and free markets and open trade. And we'll be able to go there. And that will be our new libertarian utopia. What a, what a great turn of events. <laughs> what a hilarious turn of affairs that would be, right? Oh, by the way, I, I forgot to mention at the top of the show, but I want to get this out here. I am going to be, and I'll, uh, I'll share the screen here again here for you guys. I'm going to be over um, in Vienna, as I mentioned. There is a conference going on. It is the 10th Austrian Conference. And usually it, re- it rotates between Argentina, which uh, apparently is a really strong libertarian center. I got to travel there for sure. Hopefully I get to go there next year when it's back there. But I'm going to be speaking at this Austrian conference. I'm going to be hosting a podcast there, maybe partaking in some panels. But of interest to you guys, number one, come join me. It will be an absolute blast. I guarantee it in a beautiful city surrounded by beautiful people, including myself, the most beautiful person. But here's the thing. If you guys want to get involved, if you want to try to get into this, if you have libertarian thoughts, if you have economic thoughts, let me share my screen so you can see exactly what I'm talking about. But if you have a paper in mind, if you have a, a talk that you want to give there, they are now open as of, uh, actually, well, the deadline September 19th, but they're taking paper submissions now. So here's some conditions, thematic areas, economics, epistemology, methodology, political philosophy, readings on the Austrian School of Economics, classic liberal and libertarian thinking. That's a wide umbrella, guys. And I know a lot of you out there are smart. A lot of you out there are philosophers in your own right. A lot of people that listen to our podcast have their own podcast, are philosophers in their own right. Here's your opportunity, guys. Submit a paper, come on over, see, hopefully they accept it and get in there and you're talking, but... I can't imagine a better forum, right? We're coming out of a pandemic. There's a lot to talk about. This is a free market-based Austrian economics, Mises-based conference. It's going to be a blast. So come out and join me there. Um, All right, let's see. What I want to talk about getting back into the show here. Um, I want to talk about the... (laughs) I'm definitely going to talk about Fauci and and the vaccine stuff, right? But I'm going to save that for for the end of the show. But... I wanted to talk about just this funny thing where there's all these billionaires going to space, right? You know, like Jeff Bezos is going to space and uh, maybe, and maybe he's going to go bang a moon maiden and make her into a multi-billionaire that then can send all of her money to socialist foundations like uh, Mackenzie Bezos has done. (laughs) Who I guess was probably hot when she was younger, right? I mean, I'm sure she had to be smoking when she was younger. I know, I know, uh, well, Jeff Bezos wasn't any catch. Looked a little bit like me, but, you know, <laughs> I guess what does that say about me? But we saw Virgin Galactic founder Richard Branson just went up. He just flew around. He had a successful journey on the company's Unity spaceship. So they went 50 miles above the Earth's surface. Uh, and this was the first time, you know, like you had billionaires really flying up there and getting out into space on a on a flight like this to make really to put in the minds of people, like we're concentrating all this UFO nonsense, right? A little green men, real or not? Oh, look over here, world. While well, the you know military and the, the U.S. government continues to spend us into oblivion and push race-baiting nonsense down our throats. So we talk about these UFOs and all this other shit. But in the meantime, we're seeing NASA have its funding slashed. 
good. You know, and I, I've said we do need to have some sort of operations that address the next frontier of space, right? Because we know other governments, China particularly, are targeting space. They're going up there. They're, they are designing ships. They're, they're doing explorations. They definitely have space in mind, and it is going to be the next place you need to be insofar as your own personal safety. We can get into whether or not we can hire you know, Amazon or Virgin Galactic or Elon Musk to create our space defenses, but I'll save that for another time. But in the meantime, we are seeing NASA's budget get cut. We're also seeing NASA not do that much. You know, they're country on rovers, which is great. They send them up there. They're not cheap. Wonderful. But in the meantime, you're seeing private institutions, private organizations like Tesla or, or like uh, SpaceX, like Virgin, like uh, whatever the hell Amazon calls his project. You're seeing them have far faster success. I mean, NASA has been doing this for decades and they didn't have a rocket that could land itself to be reusable. SpaceX has done that. They couldn't create ships that could go for commercial flying up there that easily. Richard Branson seems to have done it. Now, this is a wonderful good for all mankind, considering what is at stake, considering if you if you truly believe that the United States is going to be underwater, right? If you truly believe that climate change is going to fundamentally destroy this planet, shouldn't you be celebrating these billionaires spending their time and their money to try to make space travel possible, right? Wouldn't it make sense? Develop other Earths, if nothing else, get people off this Earth. That means it won't be so populated, right? The Bill Gateses of the world don't have to worry about turning over his foreign land uh, into uh, locust formations to eliminate, you know, half the world's population. And remind me, Bill Gates owns something like 70% of the world's farmland, or at least America's farmland. So <laughs> why is he doing that? I can only think it's so he could cut it off, burn it, and starve us all to death since he wants to cull the, uh, the population. But you'd think... All these things being taken into account, right? Yeah, okay, we could. We ship people off planet. That lowers everybody's carbon imprint. We don't have to worry about growing as much, as many cattle, et cetera. You think it would be a wonderful good thing. But no, nope. Assholes like Mother Jones' Clara Jeffrey described billionaires in space, quote, billionaires in space is one giant advertisement for a wealth tax. Another jerk off on CNN said that the press should calm down when covering billionaire space travels and that it's impossible to talk about their success without talking about the system that creates it in the first place. Why is that a bad thing? Do you see how these people are, are twisting the message to try to push communism as we see a communist regime implode? You see these people, it's like anything that comes across their field of vision. They say, oh, well, you know, capitalism led these people to get all this money. Now, granted, this is a lot of, this is a lot of crony capitalism. I don't think necessarily that these people all got to where they are based purely upon their efforts. I think many of them had wonderful ideas and that got them on their start. But to make it this big, to have this many billions of dollars, I would concur probably with these leftists that crony capitalism, stifling your opponents uh, and your, your competitors' ways in which to get ahead by virtue of regulation, by virtue of taxation, by virtue of uh, lobbying, to have barriers put in place of their businesses succeeding, that's all part of it. Right. So that is the part of the system these assholes should be concentrating on. Not just saying, well, we have to throw out the baby with the bathwater. We can't talk about capitalism because well, these billionaires got to space and that's good for all mankind. How dare you talk about a good for all mankind if it happens to promote capitalism, which is a good for all mankind in its own right. And of course, asshole Bernie Sanders also took up the rallying cry. And by the way, this is from a Reason article. So I will uh, I'll, I'll link to all these in the show notes, guys. You can find them there. 
lionsofliberty.com slash ELL slash episodes. Or no, I'm sorry. Lionsofliberty.com slash episodes slash ELL 237. But Bernie Sanders said, uh, here on earth, in the richest country on the planet, half a people with paycheck to paycheck. People are struggling to feed themselves, struggling to see a doctor. But hey, the richest guys in the world are off to outer space. Yes, it's time to tax the billionaires. No shit. Of course he's going to say that. But okay, I, I've read enough of these, these fucking idiots. So all of these people are calling to tax the billionaires. Tax the billionaires. This, this is an advertisement for a wealth tax. Well, number one shitheads. If you tax these billionaires, all this money, right? Number one, it's not going to pay NASA's shortcomings in budget. It's not going to enable NASA to somehow leap forward and then create the exact same model that these guys are exploring. NASA's government run, which is an instant strike against it. We've seen NASA might not, might still not get the best and the brightest anymore. I mean, the best and the brightest are clearly going to SpaceX. They're clearly going to Virgin Galactic. They're clearly going to Amazon. They're not going to NASA any longer. So just saying we have to tax them more, they have too much money. Maybe they're saying to fund it. It doesn't even sound like they are. It just sounds like they're saying these guys have too much money. But what about the counter argument that, okay, if you tax these people out that fucking ass, that's less money for them to put into <gasps> new ventures like space travel. If you tax them at... 65, 75, 85% like these people want, what happens? Well, that disposable income, that extra profit income that they would reinvest not only in space travel, but in any number of things like raises for their employees, better working conditions, more paid time off, family leave, et cetera. Well, that gets taken away too. I mean, you're talking about a wealth tax as though, and again, this is the idiots also tying in personal finance, personal wealth with company wealth, right? Like I just said, you're still taking profits. They're getting paid out of the profits, right? Correctly. So their profits are going to dictate what they do with that money, what they can pay themselves. So again, you're talking about a wealth tax that you're going to have to dive into all their personal finances, take funds out of there, disincentivize them from making more money in the first place, right? Because if you're talking about the end result being attacking people for making too much money, you are literally disincentivizing their, their main companies for making too much money or incentivizing them to hide that money far better, to filter it off seas, to take their business offshore. There's no reason for these people, if they have really successful companies, to stay in America in the first place. So why would you want to introduce more ways in which you can find <laughs> giant walls to put up between them and success, between them and finding ways to go into the space shuttle? It just fundamentally breaks down and simply becomes a matter of jealousy, simply becomes a matter of anything these people do, it, whether it is a good for humanity, like space travel is, in fact, a good for humanity, or them buying a yacht, they're going to say, too much money, too much money, and the benefits of that money be damned. Just, it's just so stupid and so sickening. And um, yeah, I really hate them. I, I hate every goddamn one of them. All right, let's take a quick minute before I uh, segue over to talking about Joe Biden and the recent hoopla about CPAC and vaccinations and the most terrifying thing, which is that uh, Joe wants to peek into your private text messages to talk about... A little something. It's a brand new sponsor, guys, called 
Paloma Verde. And you can go, the, you, this is a fantastic product. You probably heard them from a couple of their podcasts as well. They've got tinctures. It's, oh, hold on, let me get back to the first part. So CBD, right? CBD, THC free, uh, THC free, no THCs in these products. They're premium grade, premium grade, I can't talk, made with organic ingredients. So they have some that we're going to get to try, and I'll let you know what they taste like, what they feel like when I get them. But they're sending through to us mint tincture, which sounds awesome. They said it's about uh, it's the highest or second highest strength. Onset about 20 minutes, last four to six hours. So I'm looking forward to that. I just jacked my knee up, by the way. I have been limping around. So a little CBD action would be great for that. Green apple vegan gummies. They last about six to eight hours, 30-minute onset. Also come in strawberry lemonade. Awesome. 10 milligram everyday soft gels. We're getting some of those bad boys. Also, eucalyptus lavender solve, non-greasy, long-lasting. That's the one I'm really excited for. That's the one you put on your, your muscles. So I'm very excited to rub that on. And also a CBD with melatonin soft gel. I sleep like shit. You might be able to tell if you're watching YouTube, the giant circles under my eyes will tell you how badly I sleep. And uh, I also like to, to dive into the Kratom market. So if you're out there, if you're a Kratom seller, I would love to sponsor you. Please, I love Kratom. It helps me sleep. One of the few things it does. But I'm looking forward to trying this melatonin soft gel too. So anyway, guys, Paloma Verde, if you go and use our code ROAR, you can get 25% off. Now, it's got to be an order of $75 or more to get that 25% off, but that's a hell of a deal considering what they have to offer. So check this out. I'm going to share this little uh, this little website doodad here since we got the YouTube tech going on. Here is the... Paloma Verde, new website. It's up now. You can see that. PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Let me spell that for you. P-A-L-O-M-A-V-E-R-D-E-C-B-D.com. PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Free shipping on every single order, guys. So get up on it. You're going to love it. Check it out. Make sure you use that promo code ROAR. Otherwise, we don't see a dime. So, yeah, we want that money. Want that money, baby. Okay. Let's get into the Joe Biden shit here. Now, I've been reading a lot of this. You know, well, first off, Fauci, God King Fauci, has called for more vaccinations at the local level, right? And he's saying he wants to make them mandatory. Now, he's not saying that he personally will do it. He's saying that he wants more mandatory vaccinations on local levels, a.k.a. your school district mandating children get vaccinated. And I just saw and showed my wife. I was sitting on the couch and I saw this email come in and I showed her and scoffed. And we both said, fuck that in the ass. The children in L.A. County school districts now, if you're in public school, must be vaccinated or they can't go. That's it. You don't get to go to school. Now, this is, of course, after we know for a fact that children are virtually non-existent as far as carriers of the virus. We know that if you're vaccinated, your odds of being infected are unbelievably low. We also know that every single LAUSD teacher, well, maybe not everyone. I can't say everyone has gone lockstep brain mel mind melding with everybody else, but virtually every single one of them will be vaccinated. So is the argument then that the few teachers who have not been vaccinated, be that because they have a health issue or because they simply don't believe this shit warrants them taking a risky vaccine that has a higher level of risk associated with it than them getting COVID if they're of a certain age group. Are we to believe that those people who rejected the vaccine then are now so worried about contracting COVID that they're the ones insisting every child gets vaccinated? 
because that's the only logical thing I can come up with. And even that, I think you'll agree, does not have a lot of logic behind it. I mean, this is pure and simple virtue signaling fucking bullshit and union strong arm twisting because they have the LA, you know, LA County by the balls. They've got all the politicians in their pockets. This is the same organization, by the way, that went on strike, already making more than the average American makes, already getting all their vacation time, already getting all their holidays off, already getting some of the most amazing pensions you will ever see in your entire life just a year ago. Now, and let me also remind you that the teachers went on strike along with all the administrators and everything else, but the teachers primarily went on strike. And LAUSD is one of the best funded school districts. They get a ton of money. But what are they spending their money on? Administrative staff, not teachers, administrative staff. You say, why would they do that? Oh, that's right. Because the people running the LAUSD, LA uh, school districts, are administrators and they hire people when they get all this money in to make their own jobs easier. So they add layers of bureaucracy. They hire 100 people to handle diversity and inclusion. They handle another you know, 50 people to handle probably implementing CRT and whatever other fucking bullshit they have out there. So the teachers are understandably a little bit annoyed by the fact that they have they do have class sizes that are too big. They have a difficult job and then half the kids speak English, half of them don't. Half of them probably drop out because they're of communities that don't have an education-centric culture and are incentivized by our welfare state here to drop out, do something else, you know, just fuck around by virtue of that gilded cage I've spoken of. We also have, you know, these kids or these teachers making quite a bit of money, though, compared to most Americans. So it's a fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, but I kind of get it situation. That being said, I don't get this. It doesn't make any sense in any way. It's fucking horseshit. These kids should be in school, whether they're vaccinated or not. There's no risk. There's no risk. If the teachers are all vaccinated, what's the problem? Idiotic. But Fauci wants us to mandate that more. Why? Not because there's any real reason for it other than he wants to force more Americans to become vaccinated. Now, this whole psyop that they've been doing, this whole mass PR campaign to convince America to get vaccinated has failed miserably. It's not going to get any better. Biden's talking about how we need to go out and educate people, right? On what's going on with the vaccine. They just don't know. These people, they just need to be educated, man. Come on, man. I'm sorry. We've been preached to for six months about vaccinations by every single mainstream media outlet, by every politician, by stupid ads on TV, by fucking Sam Adams. I did a good morning fuckhead on this shit. The, the asshole, you're annoying cousin from Boston, Sam Adams guy, is telling me to get vaccinated. I've got Budweiser offering to buy me a free beer to get vaccinated, which pissed me off, honestly. And if there were better, cheaper beers to drink, please, God, Yingling, hurry up and get distributed out here. I don't see Yingling putting out, go get your fucking ass vaccinated commercials, but maybe that's just because they're not out here yet in the West Coast. I would drink it. But for now, I'm still drinking my Bud Light. But clearly, Americans have gotten the idea, they understand, and an education initiative that costs taxpayers, you know, X number of millions on top of all the millions and millions and millions being spent on vaccines for free is not going to accomplish anything. People just don't want it. They're not comfortable. They, they understand the risks. They're not willing to take them anymore. So now Biden is threatening to go door to door. And no, he did not say we're going to go door to door and force vaccinations. He didn't say that. Right. It wouldn't surprise me, but he didn't say it. 
But he said, we're going to go door to door and, you know, inform people about vaccinations and tell them the real information. None of that's going to do shit. Joe Biden's an idiot. His advisors are idiots. This is a play to put more money into the, the big pharma hands, to keep control, and to make sure, right? This really comes down to control. Because this administration has put everything they have into, we are going to be COVID, we're going to vaccinate everybody. We said it's a good thing. We told you you're going to do it. We told you why you're going to do it. So you're going to fucking do it. Because if nobody does it, right? If 50% of the country just says, no, nah, fuck off, we're not going to do that. What does that tell the administration? All right? Think about that. Think about the broader scope of this. If 50% of America says we're not going to get vaccinated, we know the risk, even if you tell us that we're going to die from this. And that's what they're saying. Potentially, this is it. Potentially a matter of life and death. Yeah, you can tell us that all you want. We know the risk. We've read up on it. Or we just period market to get it. If that happens, if half the country tells Joe Biden, go fuck yourself, we don't care what you say. That's a danger to the empire, right? That's why it's so important that we get everybody vaccinated because it's compliance. Compliance means that the empire is safe another day. We all went along with these lockdowns, right? Oh, we all complied there. That made them feel good. Now they got to make sure that they're still on their side, that we're still going to comply. Otherwise, now we're getting a little worried. Now we're getting a little scared of the position that we have as this elite because these people are sick of this shit. They're going to push back now, aren't they? So we got to make sure everybody gets vaccinated so that everybody sees you comply. You go along with what we say. Think about that. But again, the door-to-door stuff, that wasn't necessarily the most terrifying. The most terrifying thing is that Joe Biden, let me read this quote. This is from a Politico article I'm reading. Biden allied groups, including the Democratic National Committee, are also planning to engage fact checkers more aggressively and work with SMS carriers to dispel misinformation about vaccines that is centered on social media and text messages. Okay, so let me get this straight. Now, we already talked about how Joe Biden is working with social media already, and we already know that social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube have intentionally clamped down on anything that might be considered as pushing back even gently against vaccines. They either shadow ban it, they either squash it down so nobody sees it, or they outright flag it and remove it. Or they put a little note on it that says, this is not accurate. So now, are they going to do the same things in my fucking private text messages? Now, I know they're probably talking about people that are SMX texting like, you know, like uh, if you sign up for somebody's newsletter, you might get a text outbound, right? A text from them, a text from Rand Paul, politicians, campaign messages, et cetera. Brands, you can sign up for text messages. I get Bed Bath & Beyond coupons sent to me, even though I rarely go to Bed Bath & Beyond. They're probably talking about that sort of messaging, right? You don't want, uh, you know, whatever, Aaron Matos's of the world or the uh, Matt Tiavis of the world or the Alex Berenson's of the world who spoke at CPAC, I think. You don't want them being able to send text messages of information. No, we got to stamp down on that, right? So we got to work directly with the T-Mobiles of the world. And I just tweeted at T-Mobile telling them if they get in my goddamn private text messages, I'll drop their asses so fast to break the sound barrier. But now we got to work with these independent companies, these quote unquote private companies, right? To make sure we don't have misinformation. Never mind the misinformation that was put out there at the start of this pandemic led to people fucking dying. Invermectin, I always forget how to say this. Invermectin, right? That's the one that's saving everybody that if you give it to people, they're basically good to go in two days. 
Well, that could have been useful to know back in the day. But no, if you mentioned that, if your doctor wrote your prescription for that and you took it to a hospital, they wouldn't admit it, even though it could save your life, even though it has saved life, even though it's provable, even though there's a lawsuit going on in India where they're suing the head of the Indian health organization for not allowing Invermectin in there. I'm going to be so pissed off later when I fucking figure out if I'm saying this right or not, but I don't feel like looking it up now. Any number of other drugs also worked effectively. Vitamin D, for fuck's sake, just taking vitamin D fended this off. But no, that was counter to the science at the time, right? And if you posted on it on Facebook, you were banned, you were silenced, you were taken off, you were given warnings, your family was being told that you were an extremist. And right, they, and now they're working with social media to say, oh, these people are domestic extremists. I got some messages about that shit. Somebody you know might have exposed you to extremist content. Oh, no. Oh, no, they exposed themselves to me like a pervert on a bus. <laughs> I think I can tell the difference between a, uh, a bus dangling information wanger and uh, and a real threat to my psychology. But I'm being threatened with violence of uh, psychological violence, right? When arguably the biggest threat to my psychic abilities to say what's true and what's not, the things that are going to incite me to violence is probably being fed to me on a daily basis by Facebook, like Black Lives Matter content, like race baiting CRT horse shit, like feeding me all the divisive information that's going to make me hate other people in this in, in this country and vice versa. And now Joe Biden's talking about getting involved with SMS messages. So if I get one of these, what's going to happen? Am I going to get a counter message? saying that, no, oh, that's not true. Let me tell you what the real facts are from my fucking government. If I send somebody a picture of, uh, I don't know, whatever, a, a test tube that says, here's the real origin of COVID, right? Or, hey, hope they don't inject me with this next. Is Joe Biden's little, little team of spies going to send me a, a text message back? Are they going to intercept it on the way and not tell me that it wasn't delivered? I mean, this violates the Fourth Amendment fucking front to back. This is next level government shit. This is next level fourth estate shit going on here. And this is something just like mandatory vaccines, just like vaccine passports. This is another issue. This is a no go. Absolute cannot stand for it. Shout to the fucking hilltops about this. It cannot fucking happen. Oh, all right. What else do I want to talk about? I think I'm going to wrap it up here. I'm going... I'm not sure exactly how long I've been talking, but uh, I'm getting freaking my wife's texting me and calling me. What's the problem here? Two two phone calls. Uh, I hope she's not on fire because, you know, I'm not staying with the burn victim. Mm -mm, no thanks, ugly. <laughs> oh, this kind of ties into it. Uh, the FBI wants family members to snitch on each other to uh, prevent, quote unquote, home, homegrown extremism. So that's pleasant. They got a lot of pushback from that uh, with good reason. And again, tying this into the red flag laws that Biden wants to put out nationally and federally to encourage anybody that's reported to have their gun rights taken away, to have you uh, go to a psychologist, to have your medical records shared. Well, now, if you have these red flag laws in place, oh, hey, home, hey, uh, hey, hey, sis, what are you, what are you, are you reading some QAnon? No guns for you. <laughs> Off to the glug. But of course, the FBI wants everybody to snitch on each other. It's nothing new. And then just a little... A little happy thought at the end of this is that a German court has ordered YouTube to pay 100,000 euros for censoring pandemic protest footage. That is awesome. I love it. Even though I don't like and, you know, I don't like the fact that a government is forcing a private company or a <laughs> private. No, they're not private anymore. So fuck them. I don't like governments getting involved in what content goes out there, but 
I do think that that is pretty funny. I think it's pretty damn funny that they're finding them for censoring protest footage. Because uh, as we said, all the social media companies are throttling, censoring anything pushing back against total authoritarian technocracy and lockdowns. This technocratic government that is now exists is uh, it's scary, man. It's really scary. All right. So I'm going to wrap the show here, but I'm going to take you out on a two minute clip that I think you're going to love from our other podcast, The Boring Podcast, which I'm on. It's me, it's Howie, it's Odie, who does uh, Finding Freedom, and it is Rico, our legal counsel. Of course, Howie is the host of our uh, our Patreon show, Conspiracy Corner. Uh, very funny guy, and we call him the godfather of the Lions of Liberty because he actually brought us all into the movement. So check this out. It's a hilarious show. It is irreverent. It is just, uh, well, you'll see for yourselves. I'll play it for you, and you can enjoy that. But before I wrap up, guys, remember to listen to another podcast I love. It's called Burning Daylight. My buddy Matt McKinley over there, great libertarian, big sport of this show. Literally a cowboy, literally out there, slang and liberty, talking shit while he is rustling. No, I can't say rustling. I don't say rustling. <laughs> it's not rustling cattle. While he's, uh, I don't know, shepherding these cattle. He's literally cowboying these cattle around uh, in his daily duties. So it's a really interesting take on liberty uh, from a really, really fun guy. So check that out. Burning daylight, guys. And uh, yeah, otherwise, check out Monday with Mark, the uh, flagship show. I told you about that with Buck. That's a do not miss episode. And of course, John's going to come in tomorrow with finding freedom and uh, and his take on the criminal justice system and also finding your own economic freedom, your own personal freedom. So don't miss those. That'll do it. So until then, from me, Brian McWilliams from the Lions of Liberty and from Electric Liberty Land, always stay plugged into Liberty and go subscribe to the boring podcast, you, uh, you chunk of dunks before I get truly, truly furious at you and uh, and decide that you're no longer worth my time and money. That's for sure. Was the one we it's, read... It's kind of like the, when they uh, say life finds a way. It's like prostitution finds a way. You get rid of the, the, <laughs> the escort sads. The one in the uh, bonus show wasn't like... Uh, Coded no, that guy, that was a murderer. That was that, that was wait, a, wait, so that he was a murderer. So yeah. he was with her before. So obviously he picked up a prostitute at Walmart. Uh, well, it said he, it said you <laughs> answered my. You answered yes, oh. yes. The answer is yes. That's it. You answered my. Well, that's it. Hey, wait, here's a question. So yes, clearly they met at the Walmart where all prostitutes meet. It's probably the center of Leesburg community, right? You live there. Is that like the center of the hub? All right, do do people know, camp I, there? I, is that where the is that where I, the Leesburg barn dance is I, held on the Walmart roof? I've only been to that Walmart <laughs> once, and I will not go back. And if I had to, it wouldn't be at night. You wouldn't even go back to meet up with that chick you hired. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this guy clearly hired a prostitute and met her in the Walmart parking lot. That's fucking hilarious. I the thing is, instead of posting on Craigslist, why don't you just post the same ad that she already answered? Or why didn't if you know she's a hooker anyway? Why don't you just get her number and be like, can I hook you again, madam? You're clearly a lady of the evening who paid, who gladly paid money to come and have sex. Let me just, te- can I text you? Let's just exchange numbers. Yeah, she's got to have like a business phone, right? I mean, yeah, Walmart does not have to be a key component of this conversation. It makes it so much better, though. We wouldn't have read <laughs> it otherwise, to be honest. I know. The Walmart sucked me in like a fucking tractor beam, man. Like, it didn't seem to have anything to do with Walmart. Maybe that was their safe word. Walmart. <laughs> Walmart should be the safe word for when uh, morbidly obese Midwesterners have sex and one of them is about to seize up from a heart attack. 
Yeah, but somebody's getting crushed. Walmart, Walmart. Ah, Walmart, Walmart, Walmart. <laughs> Larry, get off of me. Ah. Ah, there you go. I just realized I, I played the wrong goddamn. I played like a TikTok clip that I made. Now, that's the right clip audio-wise, so you still got the same feel. But for you watching on YouTube, it was going to be full screen. Ah, I fucked it up. Yeah, whatever. You can't win them all. Later. <laughs>